0: Hello and welcome to this podcast where I will be discussing the assessment for the Challenging Behaviour module. My name is Fatima Abbas and I am a tutor on this course. You may find it useful to open the guidelines as you listen to me. You would find these on your dashboard on myOTC, so they would be titled Assessment Guidelines. I will use them to structure the podcast. So please take a few minutes to read the guidelines and do this a few times so you understand how this module is assessed. So for this module, you have to complete assignments worth 40% each, 2020 and the project worth 60%. So let's start with the assessment two, challenging behaviour. So here you'll see a word count range at the top of the page. So this is a guide so you answer the questions as you can and as comprehensively as possible. However, please do not focus too much on the word count as we look at your answers quality. You have to answer a couple of different questions and these would be focusing on the theory or key concepts that are underpin positive behaviour support. So let's go on to question number one. Question number one is all about behaviours that challenge and inappropriate behaviours. So what do we mean by these? You are asked to provide a definition of each and then to provide an example to support your answer and to explain their differences. So let me give you a quick overview here. Um, you may you may choose to use um, a direct quote but please remember if you are quoting directly you need to put in the reference there um and um, it would be nice as well to to actually talk about this in your own words to truly show us your understanding of of the definitions um so for example challenging behavior would typically restrict the person's quality of life and it would affect their day-to-day living it would also effect, could actually affect others so uh, some behaviors um of course not limited not limited to, to these particular behaviors but typical behaviors that challenge could include hitting out at it, others slapping kicking punching etc self-injurious behaviors, hitting oneself or um shouting or um, crying excessively all of these different types of behaviors would be deemed challenging and it is important to remember that all behavior is communication So we need to identify what is the function and the cause of these behaviours a challenge. On another note, inappropriate behaviour would be less challenging in nature. So it would be deemed more inappropriate in such that it would be something that individuals may display in the environment um, that would uh, be kind of contrary to social norms. So for example, going out into public and and high-fiving strangers or talking to strangers, um, maybe giving a stranger a hug, um, touching oneself outside which would be considered inappropriate. So all of these kind of behaviours um, differ in, in nature in comparison to behaviour that challenge. So kind of just going through these and and explaining them uh, and showing us your understanding is how you would kind of tackle this question. The next part of the question on question two focuses on Um, positive um, on, on defining key definitions so if you look at the assignment I will just scroll up here onto the page right here okay so you are going to be asked to define and give an example of the following terms positive reinforcement negative reinforcement antecedent and setting events so what do we mean when we ask you to define these so you need to give a clear clear explanation of each one and then you need to provide an example to support your your definition, to truly show your understanding. Um, I will quickly go through all of these now. So positive reinforcement is when somebody displays a behavior and then they get an outcome that they actually would like. And this will increase the likelihood of that behavior happening again in the future. So let's say I was t- to ask a service user to help me tidy up the kitchen and then th- I will let them have a break with a cup of tea. Once the service user actually helps me tidy up the kitchen and I give them the cup of tea, they're pretty happy with this result. And in the future, when I ask them to clean the kitchen again, they would do this happily and get their cup of tea as they know that by helping me, they have been rewarded with a cup of tea. This is just a simple one and there are so many different examples. This happens in an everyday and this would be a more positive example. Um, in, other, in another way, you, you could look at a negative example of for example a child um, that wants a lollipop and then they would shout at their mom or cry and then the parent would give them the lollipop. They then learn that shouting or crying will give them the lollipop and then they will repeat this behaviour in the future. Um, negative reinforcement is more when a person displays a behaviour that would allow them to avoid, a situa- avoid or escape a situation. So, for example, if a person is not wanting to go outside and um, their whole room is going out and then they start shouting and crying um, and refusing to leave the room. And so they are left behind at home. They then uh, realise that by shouting and crying, they don't they didn't have to go out. So they avoided that outing. And then they will then continue to display this behaviour in future if they don't have to go out again. Antecedent is what happens right before a behaviour, the, the trigger. And then setting events are more the broader factors that influence the behaviour. So they could be anything that happened, whether it's weeks ago, um, a day or a night before. So things like how a person sleeps, whether they're in pain, um, whether they have lost a family member. These would all be different setting events. So then the next bits of this uh, assignment would be to describe how behaviours, um, that challenge can be reinforced positively and negatively. So this would be kind of going into a little bit more detail than the ones above and you would just be given different examples to describe the scenarios. And then finally, um, you have question number C and D, which talk about giving two reasons why negative reinforcement and punishment are not used in the PBS module. And then um, to explain with examples how antecedents and setting events can play a role in contributing to behaviours that challenge and, of course, they can play a very big role. So, of course, looking at, when you look at antecedents or setting events, you're under, really, really, um, you know, looking at factors that trigger the behavior. So, what is the message that they're trying to deliver? And uh, um, Why are they behaving in such a way? Because we must remember that, you know, all behavior is communication and it's there. There is a function for it. So, looking at this can really help us understand that. So, that has... Uh, Challenging Behaviour, assignment two. So let's move on to the second assessment. This assessment is in two parts. It focuses on first talking about the different factors um, that involve uh, PBS. And in the second part, you are looking at um, the understanding of the different strategies involved in the PBS model. So we're going to be talking about the first section first you can scroll down over here to page number six. So this part of the assignment talks about outlining the elements of a positive behavior support module. So what are what exactly is this? You in this particular um, question, we kind of would like you to kind of elaborate a little bit and to show us your understanding of what the model is. So. Um, Everybody can actually write this in their own words. We don't mind how it's written once you kind of, kind of, you know, explain the model and your understanding. So in other words, the PBS module is a group of evidence-based tactics, uh, which are known as positive behaviour support. And these are used to improve, improve a person's quality of life and to reduce problem behaviour. And by how do we do this? We do this by um, teaching them new skills and changing their environment. EBS is crucial and, uh, to changing one's li- lifestyle and for outcome goals. It's important to, make de- to use data um, for decision making and to have measurable outcomes. Then the next part of the assignment is to describe the values that underpin the positive behaviour support model. So they are based on a set of values. What are these values? These values include dedication of delivering support, inclusion, choice, participation, and the quality of opportunity. The aim of this module is to um, improve the quality of life for those who display behaviour as a challenge and supporting them in their environments. You can go into a lot more detail in this and um, you will find all this information throughout the course. So finally, what are the goals of the positive behaviour support model? So of course, you know, uh, the values would be as I have described, and then the goals would be to, for the positive behaviour support model to include the reduction of challenging behaviour and to have an increase in appropriate behaviours and increased quality of life. These are essentially the goals. It's also important to familiarise staff members with triggers and to prevent the triggers, which would reduce the likelihood of a behaviour occurring in the first place. Finally, you would be asked to identify three ways in which the goals and values of PPS fit in with St Michael's House and their wellbeing policy. Some of these include, I will not go into full detail here, but some of these would include how both of these uh, positive behaviour support and St. Michael's House both look at the well being of an individual. They both aim to improve the quality of life of the individual. And um, they all aim, all of these like together would have uh, a key value which would include giving choice and reducing behaviour as a challenge to give everyone a, a possible opportunity. Other examples would Im- include the uh, care plans. So we're gonna be moving on to the next part of the assignment. As you can see here in the second part of the assignment, we are going to be looking at outlining an example of how the following strategies are part of the PBS plan. So I'm just going to be grabbing my assignment here. So again, with this, you're going to give us an example and to support your definition. So teaching new skills, teaching alternative skills to replace behavior is a challenge changing the environment and using the ABC model to increase desirable behaviors or to prevent behavior is the challenge of course so just quickly to um, give you a tip here when you when you talk about um, number one and two teaching new skills and teaching alternative skills a lot of people kind of get confused between these two um, but uh, and, or would give kind of very similar answers which which could reduce your marks so it's important that you give different examples and elaborate on these with your examples. So an idea with teaching new skills could be um, teaching an individual, for example, how to make their own cup of tea. This would be a new skill that they could be using in their day-to-day life, and it would improve their quality of life. And then if you want to talk about teaching alternative skills to behavior to replace behavior as a challenge, this would kind of be more around the communication. So if somebody is hitting to get someone's attention we can teach them to ask for attention by approaching and tapping gently or by using a picture um, to ask for attention like such as a pex or a reference uh, object reference or simply to ask if they're able to and then number three and number four would be looking at changing the environment so for example perhaps it might be reducing the level of noise or um, introducing um, a quiet area or uh, it there's various different, uh, different things with regards to changing the environment and it would really depend on the individuals you work with. So it would be more so looking at the triggers and here's where the use of the ABC really comes in handy. So looking at what the antecedents are, what happened before the behavior, the behavior itself very clearly and then the consequence, what happened after the behavior. The final part of the question talks about asks you to um, talk about the different guidelines that are used to select uh, the new and alternative skills to teach. Some of my, some of which may include um, effective communication, um, teaching skills to help the individual participate in activities that are age appropriate, etc. So this is assignment 3 and the word count for this is between 800 to 1000 as well. Both of these assignments we have talked about so far are worth 20% each. The final part of your assignment which is worth 60% is the project. The word count for this is between 1500 and 1800. So I'll give an overview of the project and the purpose of this project. And then I will go through the different pieces of advice on how you can prepare to answer the assignment. Of course, the first part of this is to obtain consent in preparation, um, you know, in line with your my- manager and uh, to follow the appropriate decision making procedures. Once you have uh, your person or your, uh, once you identify your key person, you're going to be then looking at two elements of the project. So the first part, part one, is explaining your focus person. The second part, then, and of course obtaining consent. The second part is to provide a person-centred um, insight into the, into your focus person. So again, when we when you write your project, it's important that you talk about the person, their likes, their interests, their skills, relationships, etc., using the seven windows here. Uh, before you you, uh, mentioned their diagnosis. Of course, it is important to mention the diagnosis and you can do so at the end of this paragraph. Part two of your assignment has a number of different questions below from A to G and we're gonna go through these together now. So part two question A is to describe the behavior the challenges in terms that are observable and measurable. So once you have the selected behavior, it's important that you explain this in in terms that we can that are very clear to us that we can measure. So if I was to go into the um into your service and you give me this particular behavior, I will know exactly what I'm looking at for, and I'll know how to identify the behavior. So when I go in, I can clearly see the behavior happening. Um, if it's a couple of behaviors, for the purpose of the assignment, we would ask that you focus on one. Um, the more prevalent one, or if the behaviors are happening in um, in a combined manner, um, so let's say maybe hitting and shouting in the same time, you can you can describe this in your uh, question A and your answer. Um, or if it's a case where it might start off with, for example, shouting and it may then um, uh, lead into an escalated of hitting or SIB, you can explain this as well. Um. so once you identify the behavior very clearly, this is what we are looking for. So let's say if you were to say, um, let's say Jack um, engaged in an SIB, that wouldn't really be enough information for me. I would need to know what exactly is the SIB? Are they headbanging? Um, are they hitting their head against a wall? Are they hitting their head with their hands? Um, to really describe what the behavior looks like. Then you're asked to identify internal or external factors that underline behaviour. So what are the factors that influence the behaviour? Whether they're internal, we don't know 100%, but you, if it's a thing where they're diagnosed with something or they're, they have pain and this is known or they're, or they're actually telling you how they're feeling, these would all be considered internal factors. Um, external factors would be more so about factors that are and the environment or other external factors that are impacting them. This could be a change in um, dynamic in the setting. It could be um, the environment that they're in. It could be something that has happened to a family member. It could be simply just different staff members working with them or their key worker not in, and this could impact their behaviour. So all of these factors. And once once you do mention the factors and you outline them, it's important to link in link them into whether they're internal or external this will truly show us that you understand uh, linking in the theory to practice then you would be asked to identify any positive or negative reinforcements that again are influencing the behavior so if you remember back to where i described what these definitions are so if the behavior let's say the sib Uh, resulted in in the individual um, obtaining access to something that they wanted. This essentially is increasing the behaviour. So this means that they have learned that when they engage in that behaviour, they get the desired outcome. On the contrary, if it was a case where they wanted to avoid the situation, like again going back to that park example, if the individual engaged in SIB before they had to go out on a walk and they was left to stay in the room, then essentially negative reinforcement has occurred because they have avoided the out or the walk. Linking them in again with the definitions is a really good idea here, truly showing your understanding of the definitions and the key concepts. And then you'd be asked to identify any setting events or any antecedents. So what exactly is happening before the behavior? And finally, you'd be asked to create an ABC chart. So it's important to have at least three entries. So you'd need to gather three entries and um, to clearly explain the antecedent, the behaviour and the consequence. And if there are any particular setting events, you can write these beside the antecedent. And then based on your observations from the ABC chart, you need to outline the key message. um, So what exactly this behaviour is trying to communicate to us. And then finally, based on the findings to date, so from your overall project, your discussion, um, your ABC data, the observations, you can then outline the two recommendations that you would make for an effective support plan for this individual. So if, for example, the individual, let's say the the behavior was um, the individual has not able to communicate their needs and wants, so they would frequently engage in SIB, self-injurious behaviours, which would look like hitting oneself with their hand or banging their head on the wall. Once we had looked at the ABC data, we have realised that this person usually engages in the behaviour right before um, they um, want to get access to a preferred item. So they want to get the TV on, and because they don't can't get the attention of the others in the environment, they would engage in this behaviour to get um, the attention of their care, of their service users' care. care social care worker um they then get the tv on turned on and this is how the behavior is positively enforced so by us looking at the um, observation and looking at our data we then can put in a recommendation to reduce this behavior so this could look like having the remote near the individual could be one technique and importantly having a, uh, an effective communication method for this individual to re- to uh, replace this inappropriate, this challenging behavior with a more functional behavior. So whether it is teaching them to ask for um, the TV with a, p- a picture or to verbally ask, or to use sign language, whatever is more, most appropriate for the individual that you work with. So essentially, we're looking at your understanding of putting together a support plan and to identify how the behaviors are triggered or influenced. So this assignment in total, as mentioned previously, is worth 60%. So just a couple of things to note. Um, um, If you go into your dashboard at at the bottom of um, of the the weeks, you will find um, a PDF file that has the title, PBS tips for the completion of the assessments. In here, you'll find several different tips. So just a reminder to use person-centered language at all times to start off by describing the people or a person, you know, with their likes, and then to talk about their diagnosis. So of course you can mention that in the end. And then when you, uh, very important, you need to define the behavior and it is essential to choose a behavior that is observable, a behavior we can see, such as screaming, kicking, shouting, crying, etc. Do not choose to observe things that we cannot see, such as emotional or anxious. These feelings are not observable and measurable if a person is um, and they're also very broad so if if you state that a person um, has anxiety or is becoming anxious we need to look at how do we know this you know we need like how do we know that the person is is anxious and um, perhaps by a behavior that they have they're displaying and then to choose a clear target behavior and it's important to remember to read each question and to answer each part um, because students have lost marks for not providing complete answers. So I hope that I have helped you with this. And, and like I said um, from the beginning, I, I am one of the tutors on this course. so I am here to help you. So please use the college's support and I look forward to working with you and the very best of luck.